Hello, my name is Dylan Arvella and welcome to episode 17 of Away From The Pitch. I'm joined on the line by one of the top up-and-coming coaches in Illawarra football with a great playing career to back him up. I am speaking of Brad Boardman. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> hey, Dylan. Good intro, mate. A bit, bit, bit chuffed with that info, but yeah, thanks for having me, mate. It's good to be on. I want to ask about you growing up. You were from Sydney, but you moved down the coast to Jerangong with your family. I know you're part of a footballing family, but what was your path to Kayama, which you joined the Quarriers in 2003 in the IPL? So, I, um, yeah, we grew up in Bankstown in Sydney's uh, western suburbs till I was played for Bankstown City representative and, and junior football till I was 13, I believe. And then dad took on the technical director for the whole of the Southern Branch area, which included the cutoff was Jerangong. So Kai hammer missed out, but um, he went all the way down to the border, down the Victorian border and across to the Southern Highlands and Tablelands. But yeah, moved down there when I was 13 and yeah, started, started playing for the Breakers then and, and Southern Branch. So Southern Branch had a, had an, um, like a rep side back then that I think they still do, but yeah, they had a rep side back then that we, we sort of took on from 14s through to 17s. And back then your, your Breakers played on, you know, our youth team played Wednesday night. So it was good. We played in the Southern front then. We'd go all the way to Aladulla on a Wednesday night, which was quite a tough trip. But yeah, that, that, that was my juniors for then. And, you know, the breakers let, let, a, let a good path for me to, to move into Kiama. Obviously, the breakers played south and I, I played a bit of first grade football with them when I was 16, 17. And, you know, 18, so I started moving to Kiama. And yeah, played for the, break, uh, the Quarriers for a year. And then, yeah, that, that moved me into the IPL. And then there was a couple of clubs after that. Tara, Tara followed after, after, the, after the Quarriers. So you were playing senior football with the Breakers already up against men. So was, were you able to adapt pretty quickly to playing against adults? Well, let me lesson very quick that, you know, holding onto the ball and showboat and didn't get you very far back then as a kid. You know, the, the old school style of football back then was just whack ball and all. So you hold onto the ball, you, you, you got nowhere. So I learned pretty quick to, to move the ball and move myself. You know, otherwise, you know, you, you end up in quite a bit of trouble. You're in the peak of your career. You're a you know a tall striker. Were you? Did you have an early growth spurt by that? By the time you started your senior career? No. So I wasn't very very tall when I was younger. I was, I was you know I had a bit of height, but I actually started playing left wing back then. I yeah. never never started as never started playing striker till about probably oh, seventeen or eighteen. And yeah, I used to play left wing and, and left back. And surprisingly, because I can't take a salad. <laughs> So I don't know what I was playing back there then, but yeah. So um, yeah, back then I was yeah, left wing. I wasn't very tall. I sort of got a bit taller as, you know, at 16, 17, 18, I started, you know, tearing a bit higher than most people, which was, which come in quite handy being a striker. So Kaima was your first taste of the IPL in 2003. Then, as you mentioned, Tarawana in 2004, but things really got going once you moved to Picton. How did that move to Hume Oval come about? Yeah, so um, dad dad took over up there. He 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 moved to Sydney and left <laughs> left me behind. So uh, he, he him and mum moved to Sydney. He took on the the Macarthur Rams technical role up there. So I uh, sorry, he took on a job with the first with the FFA up there. So it brought him back to Sydney, and him and mum moved back to Sydney. And he was living out at um out at Campbelltown there. And and I think George Johnson, the president, still now. So that, yeah. that, that goes to show how long George Johnson's been at the Rangers for. He um yeah he enticed dad over and you know had a 
had a really all-star book of players like David Reed and Colin Luff and uh, Wayne Gibson. Not sure if you remember him, but yeah, quite. Buko Tomasevich even came back. There was some squad there. So Dad said to me, you know, look, I, I think you'd match really good with Colin Luff up front. You know, would you would you be interested in coming up? And I said, well, yeah, it goes without saying, you know, Dad Dad's the best in the business, and you know that I really wanted to be under him again. So yeah, got up there and we had a really odd year to put it the best. It was. It was, we won a, won a few games and then, you know, we struggled during the mid-season. And then we just, I think I was talking to you about Dylan, we scraped in at the eighth. I think we scraped, it was a top eight back then. Yeah. And we scraped in at eight spot and got a spot in the finals and just went undefeated the whole way through to the grand final. And I think we knocked off Dapto Tunil in the final back then. And, you know, it was a real, real like, oh, I don't know, it was just a, a mind game it was. I put it down to it. It was a real big mind game back then. It, he just got us really, Dad got us really mentally prepared for those finals. And, you know, once we had a fighting chance, it was, that was the end of it. I'm just, I've just picked up the table online and I picked and ranges on 39 points and you're only ahead of Kim Laura on four and against. So it shows, it show, yeah. it's quite a remarkable comp considering that there was only 14 teams in the whole division. And like you said, you went on to beat Dapto, who I think Dapto, yeah, they only finished sixth as well. So those top four, top five two, teams. Two battlers. Would have been spewing. But you also <laughs> scored a double on that day at Wynn Stadium. Yeah, I got lucky, mate. One hit me in the shin <laughs> and the other one hit me. Landed on me foot perfect from a good cross. But no, yeah, it was a good, real, as I said, a real good game. It was probably one of the most memorable finals I've played in. Mm. Like, uh, I know I won one with Sutto, but um, yeah, that, that, that one it was more about the the mind game, as I said. Like you know, Dad Dad really got us going, and he, he brought in a, a guy like a performance coach during those finals called Anthony Ede, and he was just something special. He just got every one of us like you know you just, there was no there was no no it was just go go go. We've we've got this. We're never, we're never losing a game in these finals, and yeah, we led it all the way in the the, the grand final. He, he just said to us, you know, that leave no stone unturned, like you say, and. And none of us did. Yeah, and as, as I said, I was lucky enough to pick up a double that day. And yeah, it was a, it was a good, good final to play in. Really good. And of course, just in case people aren't aware, when you say dad, you're talking of Norm Boardman, who's yeah, been a very, very successful coach in the Illawarra Premier League ranks, as well as higher up. I believe he spent a couple of seasons coaching Western Sydney Wanderers in the WE League as well. So a very reputable coach. And you, you, the side backed it up the following year. That year, you finished third. And also knocked off Bulleye 3-1 in the grand final. So pretty, pretty stellar. That, that's, that, that was, yeah, that was another, another one of those things that, you know, that we finished it. We, we had a really good year that year. I think me and Luffy, me and Colin Luff up front, he, he, he got golden boot. I think he scored about, he scored about 50 goals between us, 50-something goals between us. And, you know, that, that as well as the year I played with Smudge was probably the, you know, the, the most dominant, you know, strikers like combination you know you see in a while that's it was very old school you know the the, the big strike two big strikers up front you know one one more of a workhorse which yeah. was a me and the other one just you know setting things up but yeah it was a it was a really as i said those two years at picton were just you know it sort of set my stage with the mpl yeah. you know getting getting my confidence up playing in the illawarra really set a stage to get me forward in the mpl but by that stage you were a out and out striker that's correct. Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, by that stage, yeah, I was still starting to starting to hit the target, which is very rare these days. <laughs> and you touched on the MPL just then. The next season, Penrith Nepean was the club that picked you up. 
it was a pretty tough season for the side. They did finish last. There was no relegation, however, but we are always looking to make that level. Yeah, so a, a coach, an Argentinian coach called Claudio Canosa, was, he'd come down and watch a few games down in the Illawarra, which, which, you know, talking, if you're a young kid in Illawarra at the moment, there's, there is coaches that come down and watch, and that was, that was lucky enough that I had a good season, and he said to me that, you know, would you, would you be interested in a step up to the MPL, and I, I, I wasn't, wasn't scared, as I said, I got, went into it with the confidence that, you know, that, you know, I was handling myself with men by that stage, and yeah, he took me up there, and as you said, we had a really, really poor season. I think we only won, we lost 20 and won two, no draws. So it was it was really hard, but in that season I scored I scored about twelve or thirteen goals in a in a side that only won twenty uh, that lost twenty games. So it was sort of that's that's where the the real you know the real chances came with Brian Brown, the coach at Sutherland. He he took over Sutho, and that next year he he brought me on board with a with a with a quite a few players, and and yeah, just that that sort of yeah, yeah that sort of projected my 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 career in the MPL. And then you moved on to Sutherland, which was a club at the other end of the table, really pushing for silverware. And you managed to have two really great years at the club, including a grand final, uh, in the grand final win in 2009, a league title win in 2008, where incidentally the side went down to the Wollongong, I believe it was called Community Football Club in 2008 so that was uh, quite a big moment for Wollongong football and you picked up the player of the year in the, your second season at the club as well so tell us about that uh, peak of your career perhaps yeah so as I said that following on from that that pretty tremendous year at, at um, Penrith I got picked up by Sutherland Brian Brown uh, picked me up with you know a couple of other players and yeah he um, gave me an opportunity we I think we went we went about Oh, 16 games undefeated that year. It's the safe for pre-season, pre-season cup through to the, the comp. I think we lost one game mid-season. And as you said, yeah, that, that 2008, we won the won the minor premiership just on the last day of the year, the last game of the year, we played yeah. the Wolves or community football back then. Yeah. And we were both on even points. And I think Ilya, Ilya Prenzoski scored the first goal which I think he's at Blamby now. Yeah, yeah, still. Yeah. He, um, he scored the first against us. And so that would have put them minor premiers. And we scored with about 20 to go, I think, and even the game up and won the, yeah. won the minor premiership on, on, on goals only. So it was a really close year. But as you said, then, then we went on to a couple of weeks later and lost in the grand final to him. Yeah. I think I scored a couple of crackers. Tyne and Diaz scored a, scored a bomb. And Justin Passfield was in goals then too. He, uh, he saved a few things. I think he... Yeah, they, they took us to town. But yeah, then the year after, as you said, it, it, it sort of, yeah, just, I don't know, just kept going up and up and just, I got an injury early in, this, in the year in 2009 and I missed about uh, four, four weeks, I think I missed. But in that time, um, the, the guys at Jubilee Sports, Michael Gabriel and that, they got me on to, they got me into boxing and, and riding a bike. Obviously with the hamstring injury, it was good for it. And yeah, just, just got really super fit and just confident and, yeah, ended up that end, end of the year, I, I got the gold medal, which is Player of the Year. And yeah, it was it sort of, as I said, there's some big highlights in, in my playing days, but that that was one of the proudest ones, you know, looking, accepting that award in front of, you know, the whole league and your, your mum and dad, you, you sort of you sort of look back on that now and it gives you tingles, you think, geez, did that really happen? Mm. But, you know, as I said, it was, a, it was a good year and, you know, credit to the boys around me, they, you know, they, they put in as well to, 
to put me in a position to get that that award. I've just picked up the goal scoring charts, 14 goals for you that year. One more than Paddy Nickers, actually. And uh, I also see the name Chris Price a bit further down as well. Obviously a, uh, a veteran for the Wolves these days. And Ben Spruce, who was at Tarawana last year. Just It's interesting to see those names. Yeah. History. But do you see that as the, your, the best year of your career, 2009, individually? I'd say... I'd say individually that was the best year best year I've played football. I, I think the, the year before, if if you if you look at it, I, I missed the golden boot. I think I scored 20, 23 goals the year before and, and Robbie Eunice playing for RPL like <laughs> I scored four in the last game, last game of the season against my old club Penrith and um and took over me by a goal, which was really upsetting because I thought I had it and you know, you, you don't expect a, a competitor to score four goals last game of the season against you, but hey, that, that happened. But yeah, 2009 was probably most successful individually, but you know, that 2000, or individually and as a club, you know, the, mm. the boys around me that year, you know, Penny Nickus, Blake Powell, you know, Ben Spruce, you had, we had, we had some side, Nathan Denham, yeah. the keeper, you know, we had a really, a guy called Neil Jablonski, you might not know about, but it just, a, just a side that was one for the ages. It just, just a, you know, well, well, well put together side that, you know, we stuck together. We, we, we went everywhere together. You know, it was a way to go. Nick Stavrilakis, you know, as well, he, he yeah. was there. So George Thuris, they've yeah. all, they've all had their stints down at Bulleye. Yeah. <coughs> but then, yeah, yeah, it was a, 2009, probably, yeah. Sorry, mate. You decided to move to Bonnie Rig for 2010 and the 2011 season, relatively strong seasons there as well. How do you re- reflect on your time there? Yeah, so another another Bonnie rig. I moved to 2010 with uh, Brian Brown that I, I had at Sutherland in okay. 2008. Took over there, and um, I went and and um, and linked back up with him again. And yeah, as I said, just just put together a really good side. Mm. And yeah, we won. I think we won the minor minor premiership that year yep. and lost to Blacktown in the grand final. Mm. So we, we we had a really good year that year as well, where we you know we, we pushed it all the way. Yeah, I scored scored not as many. I think I scored a couple actually, but yeah, but more more about the whole team. And then we lost the grand final again, so sort of heartbreak, you know, trying to go back to back with two different clubs. But yeah, it was a really good good year. The 2009, two, uh, sorry, 2010, 2011, we we got knocked out in the semi. I think Sydney United, uh, Blacktown knocked us out actually. So you know, there, there's there's a bit of a, a Achilles heel if you look at one. But yeah, it's a couple of good years at Bonnyrigg, a really good club as well. Like you, know, you, you look back now and you think, you know. You know, the clubs that I've played for, most of them have been, you know, nearly all of them have been really good clubs. You know, and that, that sort of you know, goes to show that, you know, they, they, pick, they pick good character. And, you know, you, if you've got a good character and, you know, people look for that and you know, it seemed to, seemed to adapt to every club I went to, that, you know, that every one, of the, every one of the players around me really, really gelled together. You decided to go to the Illawarra Premier League for the 2012 season. Your father was coach at... Dapto, Dandaloo, Fury. I'm pretty confident that was the first year that the Dapto and Dandaloo had been merged together. The side were almost, were pretty much unbeatable that year, taking out the double, and you scored a goal in the grand final against Bulleye. How did you see the strength of the league that year? Yeah, it was, it was quite, this, the league was quite strong. You know, you had the Bulleye, like Nutty Bailey and all that at Bulleye that, that, that were really strong, and they were probably our, our biggest competitor all year. But yeah, our, our squad was exceptional. You know, Noel Spencer, Alvin Checkley, you know, Chris Smith, Sam Munro. You, you look at these players, and you, 
you, you think, geez, like, you know, <laughs> some of the players I've played with, I'm, I'm grateful that I've ever even shared, a, shared with them, let alone grand final and stuff. But that year was just incredible. We even went all the way to the semi-final of the Tiger Turf Cup. You know, we played Sutherland Sharks. So that was mm. that was a massive game, you know, that, that we, we had up there. And, you know, yeah, just uh, one, one of those seasons, mate, just an exceptional season. It was, you're right, the, the first year that they'd merged. So... It was a, it was quite a quite a good thing for the club, and yeah, you know, it was quite a good great thing to be part of. And was that always just going to be a one season thing? So no, not really. I got um, I was working for Red Bull Energy Drink back at the time, and um, they they transferred me to the South Coast. So I um, I sort of said to Bonnie Rig, you know, it's going to be a bit hard to get from Cheringong to to um, Hinchinbrook or Bonnie Rig for training every week. So I'll, I'll look at, you know, heading down to Dan Lou for a year. And, yeah, just, just opened it um, a, a couple of the Sutherland people were at a couple of games during the year. And, you know, after the grand final, they, they gave us a call about a week after when I recovered. <laughs> when I recovered from the after party, they, they gave me a call and said, you know, that, you know, Stano's still here and he's interested to get you back for 2013. And I, I said to my company that I was working for, Red Bull, I said, you know, I, I want to get back in the NPL. And so they transferred me back up. So it sort of worked out where there was an availability in, in the Cronulla area. So it's sort of all just gelled together again. And yeah, that, that, that's what brought me back and, and, and that, that hunger for a bit more again, you know, mm-hmm. the, 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 what I talked about, the, the no stone unturned, you know, there was, there was still a few stones not unturned that I, I felt like I had one more year left in me and, and I did, did reasonably well, you know, I didn't, didn't have a knockout season, but you know, the, 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 the way it was, the way it was that year that, you know, that, yeah, you know, just coming off a couple of good years that people just yeah really, really focus their attention on you. So I didn't have the best year, but as I said, it was an enjoyable year. But can I just uh, go over the goal scoring list for that day in the loo in 2012 because it's it's a, it's a bit of a who's yeah, who I got to be honest. Um, Chris good. Chris Smith, yourself, Sam Munro, Alvin Checkley, Noel Spencer, David Reed. <laughs> Don McGill, Chris Jackson, Sam Smith, Dave Abel, Jacob Borgen, Borgen Kieran. <laughs> I told you, oh. it was, it was, that team was exceptional, you know, that, you know, the, the, and, and all credit to dad too, you know, he, or Norm, you know, he, he handled all of, you know, my, it's my a tough ego, dressing you know, room. I reckon. It's a, you know, he handled, he handled a lot of personalities in that, that year. And, and it w- wouldn't have been easy, you know, that, you know, myself, to handle alone would have been hard enough, you know. But yeah, he, he that that year was yeah incredible. We we all you know as I said, one of those seasons, mate. That you look back at the clubs you played for and the people you played around, and you just think, you know, geez, I'm lucky. You know that you know that half these half the people in you know, the Illawarra, you know, that would love to share a dress and shed with with players like that. And you know, I'm just grateful that I had the opportunity to. What was your relationship with your dad as a that player coach relationship? How did that go? So it was like anything, you know, at, at football, it's football, you know, away from football, he's my dad, but at football, you know, whatever he says, he's the boss, it goes. So, you know, I, I very rarely talk back to him. If I did, you know, I'd know about it, but it never, it never left. So if, if he had an issue with me at football and never, it never overran into to our personal life where, you know, he, he said, you know, piss off, you're out of the house, you know, or whatever, when I was younger, you know, he'd address that straight away. And, and by the time we get in the car, that's it. It's gone. You know, that mm. that's in the past. And I, in all credit to myself, you know, I, I learned pretty quickly from my mistakes with him, you know, that, you know, by talking back to him, by, you know, arguing with him, you know, he, he's the general, like, you know, I, I you know, I'll, I'll, 
I'll be grateful if I you know, have half the ability he has. So, he, yeah, I, I very rarely took things away from football. Yeah, but if I did, I knew about it, but it was gone by the time I got to the car. And like you mentioned, you moved back to Sutherland the following season, but that was only one year. And you went to Bankstown City in the, I think it might have been still called the Super League back then, which was the second division. And that that uh, was basically the end of your MPL career. And you decided to move back to your junior club in the Jerringong Breakers. Was that always the plan to move back to that side? Yeah, it was. Yeah, so 2014, like you said, I was at Bankstown City, and it was a really, really tough year. We we lost a player to a heart attack four games in. Oh, really? And oh, we yeah. sort of, yeah, we we all battled pretty pretty hard after that. Like in, a, especially like I, I did. He was my striking partner, mm-hmm. so I I sort of battled a few demons during that. And you know, only, only until recently, I I hadn't dealt with them. And you know, up until recently, that you know that I I'd, I'd learnt to deal with them a bit better. Yeah. And yeah, that that sort of turned me off football. You know, that year just seeing that the constant image of you know the the trauma that happened that night. You know, I didn't really want to play. And and yeah, about probably oh, I think it was close to October in 2014. The guy from Jerry, you know, Andrew Lockhart, mm-hmm. he he just called me and said, "Mate, you know what's going on?" And I just said to him, "You know, I'm not playing football. I don't don't feel interested." And he goes, "Get down, get back down the breakers, mate." He said, "You know, the junior club. We're all getting the boys together again." And sort of put a, put a bit of light in me day. So, yeah, yeah, I went back and, yeah, two years and, and it found my love again. And you I was were ready, living, ready you were living down there. Away. Right. So I wasn't, no, I was living in Coogee, just coming oh, down okay. the weekend. So yeah. I'd just drive down on the weekends and play. I just, just needed to get that love back, Dylan, you know, that yeah. that love for the game that I'd lost due to, due to something that was so traumatic, you know, that, that I needed I needed to be around people like that. And, and that's what the breakers are. They're just, since I've been a kid, to this day still now, they're just a... They're, they'll always play a part in my heart, mate. They're, you know, the club, the community, the people. You know, it's just, you, you don't get much like it down there. And, and I think that's what keeps bringing people back, you know, like Paul Gaffney and players like that that, you know, have a stint and then go away for a couple of years and pop back. I think, you know, they do that because of that reason that, you know, the club is is such a, a, a family-orientated and, and welcoming club. And, yeah, that, that that's the reason I went back, you know, that, that they were my junior club and, you know, I felt like I owed them a couple of years, but I also owed it to myself to go back and enjoy the game again. And that was, it, it was, it was a medicine I needed because from then on, mate, it just, yeah, as I said, the love just grew and grew again. So clearly it seems like it was a really positive move. Your two seasons there, they were still playing in the Shellhaven competition, but now they're part of football South Coast. What do you think that means for uh, the club now? It's a massive, massive effort. Like the the South the South Coast League, don't get me wrong, it was great. You know that the way it's run down there is, you know, it's run run the way they want it. But the Breakers always belong in the Illawarra. You know, the, yeah. since they've, they've they've developed some really good players down there, they still are. You know, a lot of their players are at Wolves. There's a couple of boy young kids that are at Junior Wolves. You know, and that pathway that they have up there now is is exceptional. And you know that they're a club that's growing and they keep growing. You know off the back end of what Jarvis Sidinia did the last few years as well. You know, he, he's really shone a light in there with you know, the people like him and Andrew Lockhart. They've just really pushed the club to the, to the next level. And, and I, I do honestly believe, you know, in my heart that they, they belong in the Illawarra, 100%. Well, the way things uh, seem, seem to be going, they're a side that uh, hasn't come into football South Coast just to be playing community football. So I think, I think it could be a matter of time before they're in the district league. And there have been... Because I was pretty sure they were right at the top of Shalhaven football for quite some time, and um, but that 
in all due respect to the Shell Avon League and Matt White, who was on an episode about a month or so back, we were talking about this a, a bit. The standard of football is certainly not the same as the Illawarra. So it's a, pr- a pretty positive move for the breakers. So it'd be interesting to see how they fare. But let's move on to your coaching career, which started in 2017 when you moved to Helensburg. How did that all get started? Yeah, so another 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 thing that dad dad's got a lot of connections up, uh, you know, around around the football community, and and a, a guy called Bobby Hennessy was the president back then. Yeah, Bob's been a, a stalwart of Illawarra football in, in Helensburg for a lot of years, and um, yeah, he he approached dad and said, "Look, I'm looking for a, a you know a new head coach for next year. Um, you know, would you know anyone?" And, and you know, <laughs> dad he is, and he, yeah, he, he's gone, he's gone. Well, you know, Brad's. Brad's starting to, to get to the end of his career. You know, maybe he can play a coach. And when Dad rang me, you know, I said to him, like, you know, let's let's give it a go. So what can be the worst thing that can happen? You know, one season, they, if it doesn't suit me, then I, I get away and I start again. But, yeah, just just gave me a chance. And, you know, the first year, I just it just blew me out of the water. The, the ability in that that club and the, just the talent in Helensburg, Ingerdine, you know, the, the boys that I have, like, and, and had and, you know, that still have now, they're just... They're exceptional. Their their attitude, their love for the game, you know, the the way that they you know that they put in every week. And that first year, as as you know, you you were there. We we made it all the way to the grand final, and, mm. and unfortunately, Rilla did us one nil. But you know that it just every year it just feels like we're getting stronger and stronger. And you know the, this year we lost lost us a lot of players, but you know that that's the way football is. You're going to yeah. lose and you're going to get players. But you know I'm glad that most of my players did go to Premier League. You know that they. they well deserving of a chance there. You know, Brad Watts, Cody Cuppertson, Luke Van Zyl at Bulli, you know, they're well and truly worthy of a, a, a chance in the Premier League. And, you know, there, there, won't be, there won't be too many more eyebrows raised if more go next year because, mm. you know, what I'm seeing now is just an incredible, incredible bunch of talent and, you know, really easy to coach and being, up, like, you know, a really fresh coach that, you know, that it's, it's, it's re- made my job really easy having players like that. But I'll, we'll talk a bit more about Helensburg in a second, but you did want to be a coach and you'd been thinking about that for a few years? At least. Yeah, so it's always a pathway. Yeah, it's always a pathway that I wanted to take. Um, obviously, you, you know, like anyone else, you, you can't play forever and although your body wants to, I was sorry, although your mind wants to, your body, you know, uh, it's sort of the, the gravity pulls outways instead of downways now. So, you know what I mean? It's not your body changes shape and you, you can't keep up with the same pace forever. But yeah, it was always something that I wanted to do. I just didn't know whether I'd be good at it because, you know, it takes, it takes a player to be a player, but uh, you know, the good players or average players or decent players don't always make good coaches. So, mm. you know, it's, it's a chance that, you know, that I took and, you know, like not, you know, not saying that it's, 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 it's my end path to be a coach, but you know, that I, I really believe it's the, the tools I have in front of me with dad and, you know, the, the, the ex playing experience and, you know, the, that sort of ability to, to identify things that it's really helped me to, to gain a knowledge of coaching that, you know, that, that only grows every single day. But yeah, definitely, definitely something I wanted to do. And what's your footballing relationship like with your dad now? Oh, great. Yeah. Great. You know, that he, he, he stands back and watches, you know, if he comes down to the Berg and watches a few games, you know, which he did preseason before the COVID hit, he, um, you know, he stands back and he only gives his opinion if I ask. And, you know, 99.95% of the time I ask for his opinion because, you know, that, that that's that's the sort of person that, you know, that I want to replicate, you know, that, 
that knowledge of the game, you know, the, the, they're always asking for help, you know, they're, they're always wanting to learn, you know, dad's still to this day, you know, he's still telling me he's learning. So, mm. you know, that, that's, that's a coach's journal, you know, it's, it, it's, it's an endless page. You, you never know enough about football. And now just back onto your Helensburg team, as you said, a lot of the, I guess the star names have moved on to higher levels of football a lot of them are very young players and very exciting players. But one thing that has, that I, when I watch Helensburg, I'm always, probably the most boring game I've watched of Helensburg would have been that, that 2017 grand final, to be fair, because usually they're <laughs> exciting affairs. And the thing that always seems, that I always um, associate with Helensburg in the time that you've been coaching them has been, while your side has a lot of flair, they also seem to have a lot of grit about them as well. Yeah, so it's grit. Something you can't teach. Either a player has grit or he doesn't. Like you know, he, he wants to be there or he doesn't. You know that that's that was my biggest. That's my biggest key words to my you know the team that I coach is that you know we're not making you be here. It's it's up to you. You know if you don't want to if you don't love the game enough to to get get stuck in grit those teeth and you know give me everything you got and you, you shouldn't be playing. You know it, it, you know retirement. I'm first ever example. Retirement comes too quick. You know, so I, I'd give anything to be back out there again. You know, that's the biggest thing I, I tell my players every week. And as I said, they, they respond, Dylan. They respond really well. You know, you, you can be down 1-0 and, you know, spirits are down. And then, you know, back, you know, last year you'd have a, you know, a player stand up and go, you know, like Ryan Hope and go, you know, boys, let's get stuck in. You know, it's, it's time, to, time to turn it on. And, and they would. They'd turn it on. You know, I'd give them, give them a bit of a spray and next thing they'd turn it on. But, yeah, definitely the Berg's always been a place, you know, that's, it's been tough to go to. I remember going there for trial games and in the IPL and stuff. And, you know, it's the mountain men, mate. It's like Picton. They're the mountain men, you know, they're, they're, they don't give up their, their sheep too easy. So, you know, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't take too long from the grit their teeth and get stuck in. Mm. And your playing career, obviously you started off at the Berg as a player coach, scoring a couple of goals here and there and uh, your playing days are done. Or what's the situation there? Yeah, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm playing playing over 35s. In the, we did register the Shire League, but um, yeah, we've they tried to try to put our team into all age twos, so <laughs> we weren't having a bar of that. They're just they're just too fast, too strong. Like they're 21 year old kids, and we're 30, 38, you know, 42 year old men. You know, it, it's it, it's not a pretty game when it starts to do that. You don't enjoy it. So yeah, we've we've moved to the St George League and started started a branch off called you know from Cars Park, and you know, hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully I can get a few games in, but yeah, we, who knows? Who knows with this body of mine, mate? I don't, don't know what it's going to do. It's too unpredictable these days. So yeah, you go. <laughs> we're going to finish off the show with your five-a-side team made up of players that you've played with throughout your career. Obviously, you've gone to a pretty high level as well, so it'll be interesting to see the names that you coming that you uh, bring up here. So we'll start off with a a goalkeeper. Goalkeeper, Ooh, that's a tough one. Oh. Uh, Phil Zabax. He played at played at Sutherland Sharks with St. Bonnie Rig. Yeah, he's I think he's still playing he's still playing, I think, in the in the Brisbane Premier League. So he's still playing NPL. I think he's about my age. Oh, he's a bit younger than me. And moving into your back line. George Suris. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Sutherland Sharks again, George Suris. He um he, he's a character. This could just be, uh... you know, he, he was our a Sutherland team, no. There's a couple of a couple of oh, yeah, actually, yeah, it could be. Man, obviously he's where a, we going he, to now. 
He only recently backs. he only recently retired as well. Uh, George he did Soros. Years ago, yeah. um, do you have any other defenders or? <sighs> or yeah. yeah oh, sorry, mate. It's hard. You've only it's got three players left. I know. Yeah, go defender, defender, George Soros. Put Price in there, Chris Price. Mm. He was always, he was always, he was always handy and reliable. And he's still uh, going pretty strong these still days is, as yeah. well. And midfield? Nick Stavrilakis. He's a Sutherland team. <laughs> I think he was at... Uh, he signed up with... Will I? No, he signed up last season. He was... Arpia. Yeah, he joined Arpia. Was that like halfway a... through or was it... Moved yeah, from through? Sydney United. Yeah, he left Sydney United and moved to Arpia. Yeah. And... Coincidentally enough, his brother runs the media media with football. He does. Uh, he does, yeah. And up front? Uh, not call them, I'm you not putting myself in there, mate. <laughs> no, no way, mate. I'm coaching this team. I'll take Chris Smith, Smudgy. Ooh. Mate, Mr. Reliable. Never missed. And Panny Nickus. Two of them. I'd have Panny, Panny in behind him. Well, you're going to have to chuck one of someone on the bench. <laughs> what have I got? I've got, I've got Pricey, Surah. Stav. Uh, Stav. Smudge up front and you got the goalkeeper uh, as well. Five, five's a keeper as well, sorry. Yeah. So, yeah. So <laughs> Always forget the keeper. I know. Uh, <laughs> Paddy to decent. <laughs> no, pretty much, yeah, Price, Nickers are still playing. If it's five aside, if it's five aside, yeah. yeah. If it's five aside, we'll, we'll, sorry, Pricey, you're out, mate. I'll tell you what. <laughs> and I'll have, uh, yeah. I know my standard's not Fair very high, but I actually played... When I was playing uh, seven aside at uh, uni with a couple of couple of mates, and Chris Price was on the opposition for one game, and he was flicking the ball all over the place, so I wouldn't want to go up. Yeah, he's but good. Yeah, I wouldn't no, want to go good, up man. against any of these blokes. Panny scored a bomb keep him in, there, yeah. uh, in the at the start of this season as well, and Smudge was still scoring scoring goals for South yeah, well, last year. So that's uh, some... That's right, yeah. Very, players. very dominant side. But we'll leave it at that, mate, before I get myself into trouble. It's <laughs> no all good. And really, we've come to the end of the show today, Brad. So thanks for... I really appreciate you taking the time to come on. No, thanks for having me, Dylan. I really appreciate it. And I just want to give you guys at football, football podcast a bit of credit, mate. You know, you work raising money for the Black Dog Foundation, mate. It's... It's something you, you would have heard in 2014. It's something close to my heart, mate. So, you know, uh, kudos to you guys at, at, the, at the show there. And, you know, keep doing what you're doing, mate. He's, a, he's a giving, us, giving us something to, you know, look forward to in such an a unpredictable time. So yeah. thanks, thanks for your work with that. Jared was really the driving force behind that initiative. So fair play to him. We've, we, I can't give you – I forget what the figure – exactly was but uh it was a pretty tremendous effort what he put together there because i believe no it's mass, massive effort involved with that as well yeah there was yeah there was yeah but as i said mate just massive credit you know keep doing what you're doing you're and all the best for you you know reporting back in the other again it's good to have you back <laughs> Jeez, i you know, appreciate you, it you, you did, did a great job yeah i will say that for this particular series this is the second last episode i've really I uh, appreciate the support of the guests and listeners who have been really great through this coronavirus series, and I'm really grateful for, for that. But we have another top interview lined up to round things out on Friday, so I hope you're back listening to us then.